Hello everyone, I'm Ian McAllister. I'm Jamie Adams. And I'm Oliver Kinner. And this is Brainwaves episode 129, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of 4th of September 2023. Neural's bald host accused of sexual harassment. Tabletop news hires itself some controversy. Handiwork games hit by theft. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. In comments posted to a video on the YouTube channel Gnarly Carly Gaming, Carly Reinhardt, the owner of the channel, made allegations that Adam Blampied is an individual that I know to be problematic and predatory. Both Carly and Adam are part of No Rules Barred, a YouTube channel that aims to bring more people into the board game hobby and that features playthroughs of games. In the YouTube video comments, Carly confirms that she will not return to No Rules Barred until they NRB, have fixed their systems that allowed for abuse in the first place. In reply to Carly's comment, YouTube account Lunar Eclipse confirms that they were aware of an issue with an individual at No Rolls Bard. When Lunar Eclipse asks if there has been a relapse in problematic behaviour, Carly replies like this. I did at one point believe that words of change that were uttered to me. Unfortunately, if you're familiar with Adam's history, it is more or less and copy and paste of problematic behaviour. NRB is fully aware of this, and has stated to me that they intend to pursue better systems for protecting folks and some element of discipline, but I do not believe they will address it head-on publicly, or put safety and human decency ahead of protecting the face of their channel. It is all incredibly sad and makes me sick as seeing abuse within a community I adore is very, very hard to stomach. This refers to previous accusations against Adam raised when he was on WrestleTalk, a wrestling-focused YouTube show. We will come back to that a little bit later on. In a Patreon post dated 21st of August, No Rules Bard addresses the situation by saying this. We are fully aware of the concerns that are being shared on social media. We take all such matters incredibly seriously. We can confirm that when this was first brought to our attention, we immediately began an investigative process. We have been diligently working with a number of leading companies, including, but not limited to, those that specialize in human resources and internet law. The fact-finding part of that investigative process is still ongoing. No Rules Bard continues by saying that they are unable to share much more information while the process is ongoing, but they will provide updates as and when they can. They also go on to say that several members of the team who are not involved in the allegations have been subjected to harassment on social media. These members of the team have been offered access to therapy sessions. At the time of recording on Friday the 1st of September 2023, there has been no statement from No Rules Bard as to whether the matters are in regards to Adam Blampied or whether Adam has been suspended. However, the most recent video published on the No Rules Barred YouTube channel late on Tuesday the 29th of August does not feature Adam, who is usually the show's host. The story of No Rules Barred doesn't end here though. Shop and Sit Down member Matt Lees posted a thread on Twitter where he looked into the background of No Rules Barred. We looked into the same information Matt had dug up and came to the same conclusions as he did. Now, No Rules Barred is a subsidiary of a company called Trident Digital Media. Trident is owned by Alex Shane and Ollie Davis. Alex Shane is also known as Alex Spilling, and that is how he is listed on Companies House, which is the UK company registrar. Alex Shane had accusations of predatory behaviour during the Me Too movement, while he was producer of the WrestleTalk YouTube show. When that happened, Alex stepped back from the producer role, but remained an owner of Trident Digital Media. WrestleTalk was also the show that Adam stepped down from when he was accused of predatory behaviour in 2018, as we alluded to earlier. So, we have a company with a history of ignoring predatory and abusive behaviour from one of its team, saying it will investigate a member of its team for predatory and abusive behaviour. One more thing before we move on. 
Just after the accusations against Adam when he was on WrestleTalk, he wrote a piece for the independent newspaper in the UK, apologising for his behaviour and saying he deserved to be found out. Now, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but Adam finishes with this paragraph. Harassment and abuse excused by immaturity or ignorance can no longer be a quirk of our gender. We are faced with a choice. Behave with decency and respect and pursue only proper consent or face the consequences and deserve them. Well said, Adam. About you, basically. (laughs) Now, obviously there are investigations ongoing within No Rules Bar, but as we've just pointed out, the probability of any of those actually coming to anything that resembles good fruition will be very, very low. Uh, I mean, obviously everyone at uh, the Giant Brain and Brainwaves condemns all forms of harassment and other toxic behaviour. It seems very odd that No Rules Bar aren't officially commenting on whether Adam has been implicated in the situation or whether Adam has been suspended. And it's also not clear exactly what behaviour he is being accused of at the moment. But with his previous history, it could be almost anything, and it's definitely going to be horrible. Personally, I don't, like, I don't think people should like be supporting No Rules Bar at the moment until they sort this out. And especially being owned by Trident Digital Media, who have got a history of basically not doing anything about this kind of behaviour before. It's what you might call a Ubisoft move. History of... Yes. History of problematic and predatory behavior we will look into it did you look into it yes what have you done you've got rid of a couple of people i think i think the norris bar team are saying that they obviously don't want to see harassment of other members of staff and all that and offering counseling and, and whatever which is great but at the same time they're not putting out a public release that clarifies the situation in any way there may be legal reasons for that but in a way you know they're posted on the patreon i.e. to the group of people who support them and obviously love what yeah. Norris Bar is doing, rather than somewhere like on Twitter. And, and they said they did that because they didn't want to have more attention drawn to this and more people being you know, abused who aren't actually involved in this. So it's sort of trying to have it both ways, which is a bit of a shame. So as I say, I'm, I don't know what the HR law is in this, whether they're not allowed to announce who has been suspended or who is being investigated, but it just feels there needs to be some more clarification and they don't seem to be doing themselves any favours at all. Yeah, there's tension on it already, and Matt makes that point as well. His Twitter thread is that they've only really talked about this privately in places where they know they have support already. We'll bring you updates as and when, folks. Back in April of 2023, an organisation called Tabletop News squeaked over the line on Kickstarter. They advertised themselves on Twitter as the one-stop for all things tabletop. They said they were going to be covering all the news of the hobby, but what that seems to mean from all the trailers of the show is they will mostly be covering new releases and announcements of new products. The company is now hiring people to help out on the show. However, a detail in the job description raised a few eyebrows as they insist on you being non-union. If you're not aware, there are strikes currently ongoing in the US at the moment from SAG-AFTRA, which is the combined union of the Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. These strikes are to get a better deal for all members in terms of pay and residual pay, the latter being the amount actors and writers get from shows being shown possibly years after they've been made, also over the use of AI. While the strike is in force, there are various jobs that members are not allowed to take on a list of which we'll link to, but includes all work covered by TV and theatre agreements, so things like acting or singing on camera. It also includes things like even auditioning for shows. As we said, we're going to link to PDFs of what sag permits and what it doesn't while this strike is ongoing. Michelle Nguyen, one of the hosts of Tabletop News, posted this on Twitter on the 13th of July. 
Wild as hell, I stand with the WGA and SAG. Go get them, friends. This is absurd and evil. WGA is the Writers Guild of America. This was in response to news that the studios wanted to scan actors' bodies for digital insertion in the backgrounds of films indefinitely. Another member of the Tabletop News team, Katie Wilson, posted support for the strikes by showing photos of the tiny residuals she got from shows and posting the PDFs we're sharing of what you can and can't work on. Now, when Tabletop News posted the job search to Twitter, someone asked if they were a union. Tabletop News replied, Hi, our show is a non-union show, which means all of our contracts are non-union. Smiley face. We reached out to Tabletop News to get some clarification on the issue, and they got in touch with us. From that email... Thank you so much for reaching out. We really appreciate you taking the time. There's a lot of misinformation spreading about this topic, so we hope your podcast helps shed some light. First and foremost, Tabletop News is in full support of the WGA and SAG strikes and stands in solidarity with all striking performers. Members of the team are actually attending a picket today. We have done our due diligence in taking time to talk directly with the WGA as well as SAG to ask how to properly proceed with our production while remaining in full support of our fellow striking performers. Both have told us that as long as our channel isn't promoting a struck company or promoting any work by a struck company, we are able to continue production. A struck company is one that was a signatory to the 2020 Minimum Basic Agreement that agreed the minimum wage, working conditions, royalties and residuals amongst other legal issues. They go on to say... When submitting an entertainment job breakdown, it is standard to add whether it is affiliated with a union or not. Not everyone is in a union and not everyone can just join a union. Our YouTube channel and social media does not fall under any form of union affiliation, therefore is considered non-union. That does not mean only non-union members can apply, but if our job posting had indeed said union, then only union members would have been able to apply excluding a large portion of the tabletop gaming community who are not affiliated with the union whatsoever. Additionally, for clarification, being non-union does not mean anti-union. It is a tag that is used industry-wide to provide the union status of the project. They shared with us a screenshot from a site called Actors Access by way of example, but asked us not to share that image due to it being a paid professional service and containing projects unrelated to tabletop news. Ian's had a look at it and confirm that what they say is the case. Projects are either declared union or non-union. Tabletop News finishes their email by saying, We understand this can be a bit confusing, which is why we highly encourage anyone with specific questions regarding YouTube channels and strike rules to reach out directly to the WGA and or SAG. They also provide amazing resources and FAQs on their sites. We also hope you'll encourage your listeners to share the support for the strikes by donating to the Entertainment Community Fund. Of course, we'll be providing a link to the Entertainment Community Fund in the show notes if you so wish to donate. Now, this, at least on our Discord, has been causing quite a lot of quite a lot of conversation, a lot of mixed feelings, some kind of heightened emotions. I'll admit I got a bit het up when I first read this. Uh, and then, you know, actually, tabletop news sending us an email you know, after, after Ian reached out to them and explaining some of this. It's definitely a very interesting situation it finds itself in. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I prefer all the people working for Tabletop News to be in a union, but as they say, that's not always the case. There's a different cultural thing going on here as well that we don't fully understand in the UK. 
or I didn't fully understand until they explained it to me. I re- really, really appreciate Tables.News replying to us and sort of explaining the situation in such detail and allowing us to share that email. We did get permission to share uh, the email from Tables.News. And I think a few, quite a few people jumped down the throat of Tables.News when they said they were non-union. Their reply was a little bit twee, maybe, yeah. might be the right word. Uh, and I think they should have, Tabletop News could have done themselves a lot of benefit by maybe just releasing a wee statement on their Kickstarter or on their site or something saying, here's the situation, here's how we hire, here's why we're non-union, etc. Just a little bit of explanation there, I think would have gone a long way. But I think they made some very reasonable points. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for now. I, I could criticize Tabletop News in other ways, but yeah, I think in this case, they're on the level, to be honest. And I'd like to also add that Everyone at Brainwaves and Giant Brain is in full support of the WGA and SAG after strikes. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. Now, moving on to uh, a theft. Pennyworth Games is a Scottish games publisher mostly focused on role-playing games like Beowulf and the new edition of cult classic A-State. We caught up with them at the recent Tabletop Scotland convention in Perth. During the convention, Geek Native reported that the company had recently been hit by theft. A shipment of the company's recent Kickstarter, Trials of the Twin Seas for Beowulf, went missing in the United States. John Hodgson, head of Handywork Games, posted this in a press release. We unexpectedly found we had some extra time to devote to King Beowulf, and it's a bittersweet tale. The shipment of Beowulf books was lost en route to our Trials of the Twin Seas backers in the US, costing us a great deal of money to deal with. We've recently discovered that they were not just lost, but actually stolen, which was a hard blow for us to endure. Law enforcement are involved, but if you see copies of A-State, The Twin Seas, or Beowulf on sale from US eBay accounts with multiple copies, they're stolen goods. The company has posted a recent update to backers, letting them know of the theft and pledging to get books to the US backers as soon as possible. From that update, John says, This is a real blow for us. The stock is on sale right now on eBay. Law enforcement is involved, but I don't hold out much hope for that actually helping us. But hopefully they will be shut down. It was a real blow, personally, to discover the books weren't just lost, but were actually taken and are now being sold in direct competition to our own store. And of course, these books are being sold before you have your copies in the United States. I'm extremely angry, but if I'm honest, it was just really, really depressing. I've worked so hard to make up the lost funds, and it feels like such a slap in the face to all of us. Thankfully, it seems that the team at Handiwork have managed to survive this theft. In the press release the company sent out, John says, We're just a small operation, and the loss of some £25,000 of stock when the pallet was just lost was very hard to survive. But we dug deep, we worked hard, we took on extra jobs, and I managed to recoup enough of the lost funds to replace the stock and money spent on shipping. Of course, we urge all listeners not to buy any of this product off eBay or similar auction sites. And I think that's generally always a problem with things on eBay. Uh, I think other publishers have announced counterfeit products being listed and things like that um but you know these these are genuine copies that have been stolen so i mean we've covered um counterfeit copies from amazon in the past as well because it yeah, right, gets yeah. lumped into one place counterfeit and real copies and then just pulled out of there when you buy it yeah i mean uh, i saw scummy. yeah very uh, absolute scummy stole this i did see john was posting on social media the other day that they were just finishing the fulfillment the sort of second fulfillment for all those u.s backers uh, they've done a great job managing to get that done considering the size of the company. They're a very small team, like maybe three, four people tops at the core of it. Uh, I was, We were speaking to them at Tabletop Scotland. They're, they're in good spirits. Uh, we didn't realize about the theft at the time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the team seemed in good spirits. They've got things coming out. And I think John was planning 
a sort of special sort of PDF that they're working on because a lot of people are like, you know, can we give you some money towards right. this? Nice. Yeah. Uh, but John doesn't want to, people just to to give him money. Well, he wants to give them something back as well for the generosity. So I believe they're planning a little PDF release to say like, if you want to buy this, to help us out through this. That'd be really great. I mean, they're through it, but if you want to sort of help them for the future, that'll be coming out quite soon. So yeah, I'm glad they've survived that because Handywork Games are a great company. The the Scottish role playing game scene is very vibrant. And Handywork Games are really quite a huge part of that. So yeah, good to hear they survived. But yeah, terrible instant. And now on to our updates. Now, in November of last year, in episode 110, we reported that Hans Niemann was suing the then world champion of chess, Magnus Carlsen, and Chess.com, both of whom had implied that he had cheated in some of his recent games. This scandal rocked the chess world for a good few months last year, culminating in Niemann suing the world champion and the website when they published a report in October about Niemann's alleged cheating. The conspiracy theories around the incident got pretty ridiculous, up to and including people implying that Neiman had used vibrating anal beads to receive tips on how to play. Things had fizzled out and we thought the story had just come to naught. However, gaming website Kotaku posted on the 29th of August that Chess.com, Magnus Carlsen and streamer Hikaru Nakamura have settled with Hans Neiman, who is suing them for over $100 million over the civil conspiracy to defame him. Chess.com, Magnus, and Hans have released statements as the saga came to an end. This is all on Chess.com's site. First, from Chess.com itself. We are pleased to report that we have reached an agreement with Hans Niemann to put our differences behind us and move forward together without further litigation. At this time, Hans has been fully reinstated to Chess.com, and we look forward to his participation in our events. We would also like to reaffirm that we stand by the findings in our October 2022 public report regarding Hans, including that we found no determinative evidence that he has cheated in any in-person games. We all love chess and appreciate all of the passionate fans and community members who allow us to do what we do. Next, from Magnus Carlsen. I acknowledge and understand Chess.com's report, including its statement that there is no determinative evidence that Neiman cheated in his game against me in the Sinkerfield Cup. I am willing to play Neiman in future events, should we be paired together. And finally, from Hans Neiman. I am pleased that my lawsuit against Magnus Carlsen and Chess.com has been resolved in a mutually acceptable manner, and that I am returning to Chess.com. I look forward to competing against Magnus in chess rather than in court, and I'm grateful to my attorneys at Ovid and Ovid for believing in me and helping me resolve the case. The post on Chess.com finishes by making it clear that Hans will be able to play in any and all events and be treated no differently from any other player. Hmm, but will he? <laughs> Really? Well, it's sort of come to a conclusion. I was, I was wondering what might come out of this story. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's unclear. <laughs> Given the anal beads, I mean. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> all by such implication. I mean, it's it's hard to tell exactly what's happened here. I don't know where the money has exchanged hands at all. We 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 honestly don't know at this point. We know it's settled, as far as the three parties are concerned. So yeah, well bring you more updates if anything else pops out but i think i think it's done now uh, we honestly thought it had gone away forever already jamie a little update on gencon thefts on the last episode we reported on the theft of three hundred thousand dollars worth of magic the gathering cards from the annual gaming show gencon in indianapolis indiana united states of america it now seems like this case is coming to something of a conclusion while no arrests have been made as of yet the stock that was stolen has been recovered the suspects in the case were Thomas Dunbar and Andrew Pearson Guillaume, 
both residents of New York City, New York State, United States of America. Police say that charges are likely to be filed by the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. Marion County is in Florida, maybe implying where the company that the cards were stolen from is based. New York State Police were employed in the retrieval of the cards. Now, thank you very much to Sarah Reed and Bez from our Discord for updating us on the status of this case. It is quite a roller coaster, and I think I can speak for all three of us here. I know nothing about US jurisdiction laws, so why it's being filed in Florida. The people from New York, are they living in New York? It, the theft took place in Indiana. And I believe the cards are being returned there as well. So who knows? Who knows? So there'll be more updates. It's just amazing that these two people nearly got away with it. I mean, there was hardly any evidence and there was no reason for themselves to give themselves up or anything. So, yeah, I'm pleased that those cards have been returned. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange <laughs> story. An amazing and... heist. I mean, this is, it was the best heist in a long time. Uh, yeah, it's a very strange story and no doubt we'll have some more updates in future casts. Now on to the news. Over last weekend, the 25th to the 27th of August 2023, the Giant Brain team made the trip up to Tabletop Scotland, the biggest annual gaming event in Scotland held in Perth. The con announced their numbers on Monday the 28th. They had an 18% uptick in unique visitors, bringing in 2,233 folk against the 2022 numbers of 1,889. They also had a 38% increase in turnstile numbers, 3,870 this year versus 2,808 last year. The latter number means that if you attended all three days, you would count as three towards that number. The con has grown considerably since its inaugural year in 2018, so much so that next year they are moving the whole convention. Announced on Monday 28th, the Tabletop Scotland team posted this to Twitter. The Dewar Centre team are the hidden heroes of the convention, and since 2017 they have provided us with amazing support. As the convention continues to grow, we have taken the hard decision to leave Perth. While we are sad to leave, we are excited to announce that 2024's event will be held on the 6th to 8th of September 2024 at the Royal Highland Centre, Ingolston. The Royal Highland Centre is an events venue on the outskirts of Edinburgh to the west of the city. The team links to a full breakdown of their reasons for leaving. The major reason they give is uncertainty over the future of the Dura Centre, which narrowly avoided being closed this year. Without that certainty, the team made the decision to secure a venue that would give them stability for a few years. So I believe the team have they've implied anyway that they've sort of secured that venue for like 2024, 2025, and 2026 in their announcement. So they've, they've sort of booked it for the three years. It's a much, much bigger venue, a massive, massively big venue. Uh, we were up there, Jamie, I, and Ian Chandler, who used to be a co-host of the cast, were up there. We had a great time. We ran the pub quiz there, which is our first time doing that kind of event. We had a laugh. Uh, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. We've been, I, I, I think one of the organizers, I, I know, don't know if you call it a threat, but they did say there was a, a 500 capacity venue that the pub quiz could go in with a giant, gigantic screen. <laughs> Excellent. 110% threat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think to which I said, bring it on, uh, which I will no doubt regret, but I did request a throne for next year. So maybe that will come through on that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to supply a throne, aren't we? Uh, no, no, no. Who, who's, who's this we? You live in Edinburgh. <laughs> I live at least an hour away. You are getting a throne. If you get, if you want, sorry, no, you're not getting one. If you want one, you have to get one and transport it. I mean, fair. I'm sure I can find something. Anyway, yeah, it was they, really they, good. They won't allow thrones on the Megabus. I've tried. Ah, shit. An entirely unrelated issue. 
Yeah, but we'll we'll get onto that on Thronecast. Um, yeah, no, it was a really good event, and yeah, I can understand why they've moved. It's going to be more accessible for a lot of people. It's right near Edinburgh Airport. There's a lot of good transport links out there. I think my only slight worry would be there's not a lot of like pubs and things you can walk to from that center. There's hotels and things nearby a bit, but there's not quite. It's not in the city center or anything. But there is like good transport links into Edinburgh as well. But I'll be able to drive to it from my house, which will be for like awesome. the day, which will be nice. And Jamie will no doubt come and stay with me. So don't wobble your head at me on, on camera. <laughs> you can come I, and stay. It's fine. I, I might. I might. I might get a hotel by myself. Yeah. We'll see. Could you do that then. It's fine. Sorry you have to hear about this, listener. Anyway, Oliver, you've come across a German prize that we haven't covered before. Yes. After talking about Spiel des Jahres and the winners of Spiel des Jahres, we now have the Deutsche Spielepreis, which is an award by gamers for gamers, as the Merz Verlag owners and organizers of the annual board game fair Spiel in Essen, Germany, put it. The DSP, Deutsche Spielepreis, started in 1919 as Germany's biggest audience award. It is open to anyone living in Germany, Austria or Switzerland who can vote for the best board or card games as well as the best children's game. Any game that was published in German between 1st of May 2022 and 30th of April 2023 is eligible for the award. Now the finalists for the Deutsche Spielepreis 2023 have been announced. In the category Family and Grown-Up Games, that's my translation, don't know how well that comes across, but anyway, there are 10 games in total, three of which are up for the award, while the other seven are on the long list. The three finalists are Dorfromantik by Michael Palm and Lukas Sach from Pegasus Spiele, Heat by Asgard Harding Granerud and Daniel Skjold Pedersen by Days of Wonder or Asmodee, and Planet Unknown by Ryan Lambert and Adam Reberg from Stormont Games. In the children's games category, only three finalists have been announced as follows. Carla Caramel by Sarah Zarian from Hutter or Loki. Gigamon by Karim Awidad and Johan Roussel by Miraculous or Studio H. And Mysterium Kids by Antonin Bokara and Eve Hirschfeld by Lilibut uh, or Space Cow or Asmodee. The winners will be announced at a press conference during this year's Spiel Lesson Fair, and of course, we'll cover them on our cast afterwards. Um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to have another German award on the cast and, and reporting on it. I have heard about it last year. It seems to be a bit smaller. I think it's because it's sort of done by the fair. It's a bit like the UKGE type award. Yeah, but it's this been going for some time. 1990, it's been going for a yeah. while, that one. Yeah. And, and it's obviously... three years... It's yeah. voted by uh, anyone, literally, you know, whether you're in the hobby or not. As long as you hear about it, you can go on the form and fill it in and select your games, and, and here we are. And unsurprisingly, and maybe that's to do with the sequence of how things went um, sort of chronologically, a lot of the titles that uh, have been uh, nominated for winners are also Spielstiales Awards nominees yeah. or even winners. So there, there is obviously huge overlap. And... I don't know whether that's because the games are popular anywhere in Germany and or German-speaking countries, or whether people have found out about Spielerzels first and then bought the games and then been voting on it in the Deutsche Spielerpreis. I don't know. I mean, you could see it as vindication for the Spielerzels, I guess, because 
their yeah. their aim is to like get games out to people and get game get people playing games and show them what games are all about and then people are discovering these games and then voting for them in this sort of secondary award yeah and there's okay. quite a lot of crossover there so yeah you could see it as vindication for the work that the spiel the Arts committee does yeah yeah brilliant yeah, we'll add a little link in the show notes to our interview with Martina Fuchs, who is one of the members of the Spiel des Committee, who we interviewed a couple of casts ago. Uh, it was a really interesting chat with her, and uh, yeah, uh, and sort of insight into how the Spiel des works. Now, speaking of awards, Jamie, we've got some more. Yeah, now, Gen Con may be done and dusted for another year, but there is still news from it that keeps trickling out, and we missed last episode. The Any RPG Awards were announced at the event. Now, there were 23 categories, and we're not going to go through them all because I'm afraid we don't have time. So some I'd like to highlight are Anodyne Printware's Rimspace Planet Generator, which won gold at the Best Aid and Accessory Digital category. Brindlewood Bay from the Gauntlet Gaming Company, which won gold in Best Electronic Book. Big thumbs up from Ian on the camera there. A double win from Free League's Blade Runner RPG, with the Core Rulebook winning gold in Best Layout and Design, and the Starter Set winning gold in Best Cartography. Another winner was Linda Cadega's io9 RPG Reporting, which won gold in Best Online Content. Now, as if we need to repeat it, Linda's work has been stellar. We're indebted to them as we've featured their work as the basis for several of our stories over this year, at least. Now, I believe Ian also interviewed them earlier this year. I believe about Dungeons and Dragons when the big stushy was kicking off. Yeah, Linda was on the show early in the year when the OGL nonsense was all happening and gave us a great breakdown of what was going on there because uh, they had reported on that for io9. So yeah, very grateful to Linda for giving us their time. Really glad to see that they are getting recognized for that work. And yeah, um, Brindlewood Bay, I am just getting into. That's a game about old ladies basically investigating weird murders in Brindlewood Bay. Uh, sort of like Agatha Christie murder she wrote kind of crossing over with weird slightly Cthulhu-ish cult kind of things. Yeah, looks kind of cool. I, I, sell it to, I sell it to friends as Murder She Wrote meets Twin Peaks. All right, wow. That, that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, congrats, but congratulations to all the nominees. Congratulations to all the winners. There's a full list if you want to have a look at it. Obviously, that'll be in the show notes. Lots of things. You know, there's a best monster category. I'm not going to spoil it. So have a look or best foe. Lots of things. Have a look. It's great. Jamie won the best monster category this year. <laughs> Speaking of amazing people, we've got another story here. On the 25th of August, UK Games Expo, the largest hobby games convention in the UK, have announced that Millie Lavelle, known to some as Geek on Radio, or Millie the GM, will join the team as community manager on 1st of September. Millie has been involved with UK Games Expo since 2015 and is well known in the community. If you've ever applied to run an event or seminar at the convention, you will have come across Millie. Speaking about the appointment, Millie said... It's been really cool to look back and see how seminars and events have grown since 2015, and I'm really looking forward to more events, more tournaments, more RPGs, and overall more UKGE. Yeah, congratulations. I've dealt with Millie directly when I applied for a live event a couple of years ago, but it was before the pandemic, so it didn't quite happen, but she was always been very friendly, helpful. To be honest, when she put the call out for people to apply for, you know, booking a room for a live event, I thought, well, if I apply, I'd probably be turned down because I'm too small. But no, she said, yeah, go go for it. So a very encouraging, very lovely person. And yeah, great to see that she's now sort of officially part of the team when she has already been part of the team. So yeah, 
Congratulations. Yeah, we, we got interviewed by mem- a member of the UKG team a few years ago in the run-up to the convention. Wasn't one of them I, Richard I'm, Denning? One of them, was, one of them was Richard Denning, yes, but I'm pretty sure Millie was one of the others. I wouldn't 100% put my money on that, but I think Millie was involved with that one as well. But yeah, great to see someone who's given a lot to the UK Games Expo get a full-time job there, and yeah, best of luck for the future. Anyway, Ian, we've got some interesting new owners of the company. Kind of. The Gaming Goat, a controversial company that had insulted, pissed off, however you want to call it, and angered many in the tabletop gaming world, is under new management. Gaming Goat was a publisher, did distribution, also owned a number of physical game stores. Now, we've covered this company many times before when they put out games with barely concealed right-wing symbols, insulted other companies, and were just generally horrible. If you want a complete breakdown of all the ways they were awful, we'll link to a helpful BGG thread so you can read the horror for yourself. The new owners have been on an apology tour, as they put it on a recent Facebook update to the Gaming Goat Facebook page. We aren't going to read out the whole statement, but they start it like this. Publishers, on behalf of the brand, in the years prior to the new ownership of the Gaming Goat, we sincerely apologise. For the last several months, we've been on an apology tour, speaking to many of you directly one-to-one. And while I can't publicly get into the specifics, you know exactly where we stand and that we stand 100% with you. Period. The new owners go on to apologise to several publishers by name, including Jamie Stegmeier of Stormire Games, Cephalofair Games, Cool Mini or Not, Asmodee, Steve Jackson Games and Japanami Games, to name a few. The new owners were at Gen Con this year, where they apologised to many of these publishers in person on behalf of the brand. They finished this apology by saying this. So in that spirit, I want to make it very clear what we stand for moving forward. One, our brand will never air our grievances in a public setting. Two, we will conduct ourselves in a professional manner. Three, we will always treat every publisher fairly. Four, under no condition will we troll brands or their representatives online. Five, we will never level personal attacks towards representatives of any publisher. All business transactions will be completed on time and as agreed to by both parties, always. 7. All MAPP agreements will be honoured at all times, forever. As the new owners of the brand, these are the things we can control. We can't control the past as we weren't involved in any way because we didn't work for, work with, nor own the brand. We can certainly steer the ship in the right direction moving forward. And if you've read all this, thank you. You have our sincere gratitude. We promise great things to come that we believe you will love to see. All the best to you. A little taste of why they are doing this is in the comments below this post. Chief Operating Officer of Cephalofair Games, Price Johnson, posted this. Thank you for the apology. Unfortunately, the gaming goat, Las Vegas Boulevard, has targeted too many friends, family, staff, community members, and stirred far too much hate in this industry as a whole for us to remove them from Cephalofair Games' Do Not Sell list. Now, there has been some speculation as to whether Jeff Bergen, the previous owner, was still getting money from the company. In a video posted to Facebook, he made it clear that he has sold the company outright to the new owners. Now, I've only watched about six, seven minutes of that video, but it was enough to make it clear that he was now separated from the gaming goat. Now, I I do hope the new owners will mean that staff that weren't really involved with all the nonsense are being taken care of and being kept on. I am not entirely sure they're going to find it easy to dig themselves out of the sort of historical situation they find themselves in where they've annoyed the gaming goat brand has annoyed a lot of publishers, including like being put on no sell lists, as we point out in that quote. 
and we we knew they were shady and we'd reported them several times until this apology we hadn't realized quite the extent of how many companies they had annoyed and pissed off yeah. over the years it, it, it's quite a lot of big names and especially people like like jamie stegmeyer he is not someone who's going to tell you who's not going to tell you what's going on <laughs> he's going to be very vocal about that kind of thing so yeah they annoyed a lot of people I, I think it's weird anyway that someone would want to buy this company. I mean, I know there were were there brick and mortar stores and things, but yeah, there are brick and mortar stores and a distribution network. Maybe they're getting a good deal for the sort of the, the core of the business, and maybe they think they can turn it around. But yeah, I agree. It's like why not take that money and start your own? Maybe if you just invest in basically the infrastructure and all that's there, why don't you rebrand and then start from yeah. scratch? I just don't get that. It's like. I would, you know, if we've seen companies being bought out and if they had sort of not good marketing previously or not, you know, got things happening to them, you might buy the store and then launch it as something new and a new name. So I really don't get this at all. all I mean, no you, for instance, you could rebrand as X. I works well. Yeah, anything, <laughs> really. Anything would be better than Gaming Go, to be honest. <laughs> Anyway, Oliver, let's go on some jobs, opportunities, and events. Yes, uh, as always, we'd like to point everyone at the Tabletop Jobs Facebook group. Um, I think, Ian, you keep a close eye on it, but there are yeah, there's jobs on there. They've been a good few UK jobs recently. Modifius are looking for some folk just now. They are the RPG publisher based in the UK of Star Trek Adventures, uh, the general playing game, amongst others. They're looking for a couple of positions right now. Yeah, and then the next thing that's quite close to my heart, actually, is Playtest London 2023. The venue is Queen Mary University of London. It, it takes place on the 9th of September, so that's in just under a week's time by the time you listen to this. Well, assuming you listen to it when it comes out. And it runs from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., if you're going as a designer, you can get a ticket for £10 for a two-hour playtesting slot. If you just want to play test games or play games, there is a free entry for all-day gaming. And the reason why it's close to my heart is because it's organized by Scott Lowe James, who's the creator of Swatch, you might know him as that, or obviously the head of Minerva Tabletop Games. And Scott Lowe James has just run another successful Kickstarter, and he's very active in this community. So it's great to see that this is taking place again with all the other things that are going on in his life privately as well as publicly. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing what's going on there. I won't be able to go myself, but it's certainly nice to see it's happening. Then also what's nice to see is the Hasbro Women Innovators event. Uh, we saw this event originally shared by Elizabeth Hargrave, the designer of Wingspan. Hasbro Women Innovators of Play is a global virtual event happening on the 12th of September from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, about five hours behind us in the UK. This event will be centered on women's leadership, women innovators, and women-led creativity. Now, Hasbro says of the event... You will have the opportunity to learn from women leaders about their experiences, the process of pitching a new idea, what makes an idea right for mass market, and the journey of a product through the Hasbro pipeline. We're excited for you to join Hasbro in this unprecedented free virtual event. Elizabeth Hargraves will be involved in the event alongside Cynthia Williams, who is the president of Withers of the Coast and Hasbro Gaming, Azel Wade, CEO and founder of the Toy Coach alongside other women who hold positions of authority in the Hasbro company. So 
yeah, mark it in your diary. My suggestion for first expansion, stick Cthulhu on it. Never goes bad. <laughs> said by a male person, my male wife has said. <laughs> I am well aware that I am, you know, I, I am. We are the demographic. Do. Yeah. Not, not just I am. Well, thankfully not, actually. We are thankfully not the demographic for gaming. No, but see, but see in like character creation for video games, see if you put all the sliders to just like normal baseline. I think you'd get me. Or me. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, we'd just like to take a moment to give a real big thank you to all our Patreons, especially Kevin Bertram from Fort Circle Games, James Naylor from Naylor Games, and Sean Newman from the Game A Lot team, our executive producers. Thank you so much for continuing to support the cast. You can join them for only $1 a month. Uh, that really helps us out with co- hosting costs for the website and podcast. And there are various other ways to support us on the site. We've got various merchandise you can buy from Sir Meeple. There's dice from Fanroll, formerly Metallic Dice Games. And there's various ways to give us direct contributions if you want to do that as well. But Jamie, you've actually done your job this week and found some Monopoly news. Yes, I've delved into the back rooms and this post-capitalist hellscape anyway back in the world of monopoly not, not post-capitalist for this one no <laughs> just you, just full-on capitalist no it's 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 not post let me yeah it's late stage capitalism uh back into the world of monopoly oh you lucky lucky devils and if you're a fan of wholesale products oh my do i have a project a project a project our a project. product for you you uh delete is appropriate costco monopoly has just been released in japan that's right you can travel around and own 22 of the world's costco stores from auckland to reykjavik or in the place of mayfair the home of costco seattle washington state usa there's also edinburgh but not glasgow and you can build food court tables, which then upgrade to warehouses while drawing <laughs> from the Gold Star member or executive member decks. That's wow. right. The fun never starts. Playing pieces include a pallet lifter, a teddy bear, a slice of pizza, and the famous hot dog and soda combo. That's right. Walk. Don't run to find it. I, I have a question. The famous hot dog and soda combo? Yeah, it's, You've not it's, heard it's, of this? Wow. Yeah, this, this is famously, it is uh, $1.95 for a hot dog and soda and has been since the company was founded and the owner has said, I will not budge on that price. Yeah. I mean, we do use Costco that's in Edinburgh. Cause so next time you go, try the famous, famous hot dog, hot dog and soda. soda. Oh, he said a combo. Yeah, I will. Is it one ninety five pounds or is that how, how yeah, I don't that? know I, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll check on that and report back to you on okay. the next episode good this is not a shill for Costco this is just simply more monopoly, monopoly is. Mm. now people are yeah. going to think we're shills for Costco because you've said we're not shills for Costco trust me I've never set foot inside a Costco and I don't plan to anyway thanks very much for listening if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts Spotify, what are the latest ones? Various others. Basically, anywhere where you listen to this, please review us and leave a lovely rating. And we always like to hear from you. If you want to follow me, Oliver, you can do so by going to tabletopgamesblog.com. There's links and everything there, some reviews and other articles that might be of interest. If you want to follow 
us as the Brainwaves team. There's a Discord, which is quite busy. If you have new stories, you can post post there. Or if you want to join one of our virtual games evenings, lots of things happening there, lots of discussion. There's a link in the show notes if you want to join that. We are on Twitter. The Giant Brain. Instagram, Giant Brain UK. Uh, threads as well, I believe. Um, yeah, the kind of, brain. mostly on Blue Sky, to be honest. I'm not yeah. a great fan of threads. I'm not posting there very often. So Facebook, the giant brain, obviously as well. Um, but you can find out all of this by going to the website giantbrain.co.uk. And if you do have a news story, you don't want to share on the Discord. If you want to keep it maybe anonymous as well, or keep it at least um, you know secret, we we obviously respect your confidentiality. Just email us at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Or if you want to comment on any of the stories we've covered in this cast, you want us to let us know what you think about those, we'll uh, read those comments out on the next cast. That's all. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.